Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Roy. For those who are new, Friday Night Fireside Chats is a time to slow down from the busy week and reflect and just have a time to change the pace. And the topics for these Friday Night Fireside Chats are usually centered around self-inquiry and self-understanding. And for tonight, I would like to share some thoughts around the power and the gift of solitude. And this this topic of solitude, the experience of solitude, is one that I imagine many people have more or less experienced or are experiencing right now in 2020. Obviously, this being part of the global quarantine and lockdown measures in response to the pandemic. And so whether people have wanted to do it or not, they have found themselves facing just time alone. And it's, uh, it seems like it's been pretty difficult for people and that can lightly, likely be an understatement for many. And so for those who, for those who have had a hard time with it, um, I believe there's perfectly understandable reasons why that has been the case. And speaking for myself and my perspective on the power of solitude, just based on that title, uh, as you can imagine, I, I am looking for the gift in solitude and the power that is within it. Because, especially here in the West, there is, I don't know, there, there seems to be something where solitude is not really talked about or valued that much. Perhaps it is. But my impression is that most of what is focused on in the West is constant activity, constant stimulation, and the the, the value of being alone and being quiet, not doing anything is seen as perhaps unproductive, yeah, just just something you shouldn't waste your time on. Don't waste your time on solitude and being quiet by yourself, not doing anything. 
and I will just share some simple reflections and experiences of my own and I think in the hopes of offering a different perspective of solitude, one in which people can begin to see it in a more constructive and positive light rather than as a a a painful or bad thing. So I think the biggest thing is that solitude, being alone, really quickly reveals the noise and the distractions. If if a person is always busy doing things, uh, what's the next task? What is the next task? Which party should I go to next? What thing should I purchase next? It's it's really kind of this um, the slot machines and casino effect with all these flashing lights and beeping sounds. Um, there, there's the sense that the person is getting a lot of stuff done, that the person is living a rich and meaningful uh, and, I suppose, adrenaline-packed life. And for some, they they enjoy that. Uh, Personally, I believe they can probably only enjoy it to a certain extent before they get bored at some point or have this gnawing sense that something is missing, in which case the immediate response is to drown that out with more stuff, uh, more material, more activity, uh, more stimulants, and on and on it goes. Looking at this experience for myself, I think being more introverted, it certainly is, I imagine, a little bit easier than people who are more so extroverted. Um, Being alone is a way in which I find myself coming back to center recalibrating, rejuvenating, and it's been something that I've gradually been developing more of an appreciation for, just genuinely enjoying being by myself, and kind of like taking a wet towel and squeezing all the water out. I'm squeezing every last drop out of that towel, and I want to get every last drop of the gift and power of solitude. And earlier when I was speaking to how it reveals very quickly the noise and the distractions in a person's life, um, I, I kind of see it as meditation. Um, 
and how oftentimes for a person just beginning meditation, there's there's that immediate frustration and overwhelm of my gosh, like I'm I'm having so many different thoughts. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about the past. Uh, things I haven't done. Things I should have done. You know, did I turn the stove off? Did I do this? What about that? He said this. She said that. And it it can be very overwhelming at first. And I'm I'm still aware of that especially in moments of oddly enough it's when I'm distracted that that noise seems the loudest like when nowadays when I get quiet somehow it actually feels more peaceful in the exact thing that I need and want. Even though sometimes I still get caught in the pattern of, oh, you know, let me, let me scroll around through, <clears throat> scroll around through social media a little bit more, see what I can find. Uh, almost as if I'm, it's, it's, it's this search for novelty. Um, you know, maybe somebody posted something new and I, I can't help but wonder if there's some potential parallel between that and let's say the memory encoded in or DNA being out in the wilderness or hunter-gatherer times where where that sense of curiosity and novelty finding something uh, in a brush somewhere or digging a hole or just searching around um, if there's a parallel between the two in a way that the whole idea of social media um, advertising and links and scrolling uh, is perhaps mimicking some of that desire to discover and you know, hunt and gather things. But with, with technology and social media, it almost seems like the times where I find myself caught doing that it really has nothing to do with oh this you know this this is a life-giving action it, it really does seem like a desperate hamster wheel motion to avoid myself and then comes the question of okay, well what what the heck could i be avoiding by scrolling through social media or distracting myself with other things. And certainly one of the most simple answers is avoiding feeling tired. And that 
it might seem to be very contradictory and an oxymoron, but I have been very aware on many occasions in the evenings when, you know, this could be an hour or two before going to bed, uh, reflexively going on to my phone or computer and just watching some more videos on YouTube or checking social media just a little bit more. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it one more time before I retire for the evening. And right before doing it or even during it, I'll feel tired. And the thing that makes most sense, you know, for my body is like, all right, well, go to bed. And yet there's, there's something else operating there. Some perhaps subconscious belief of like, oh, well, yeah, I'm tired, but, but I don't want to feel tired. Um, and so let me do something to not feel tired, uh, to potentially feel more productive or you know, just, just distract myself from the feeling of feeling tired. Because if I feel tired, well, mm, sometimes that doesn't always feel the greatest. And before you know it, an hour passes or two hours pass. It's like then hitting a point where my eyes are tired, my head brain don't feel good. And it's this drainage of distracting myself on a screen that tells me, okay, I think you really need to go to bed now. And so that was just a very interesting reflection. I'm like, wow, I'm, is this really what I'm doing? I'm, I'm making myself tired by trying to not feel tired. It's quite a, you know, very simple, almost dumb, simple, but powerful realization. And I think the other piece would be, I already mentioned this a little bit, uh, the, the productivity piece. Um, this would, I'd say, tie pretty well to the previous podcasts I did on maturity and responsibility. And I think that was a third episode. And then also with the first episode on patience, discipline and consistency, because this productivity part of, Oh, if I you know, distract myself, there's a sense of productivity. It's really a distraction and cop out from the actual goals and endeavors and visions that I have. So the primary one being 
my business, being an entrepreneur, being a content creator, and being, uh, yeah, my business, focusing on men, men's work, men's issues, helping men reclaim their masculinity, that the, kind of the specialty and niche for my therapy practice and I say this in that episode on maturity and responsibility where it's it's the being my own boss part it's like I am fully responsible for how I use my time the decisions I make and the decisions I uh, don't make and there are times where this labor of love of building something that I see in my mind that brings me joy and energizes me and I'm impassioned about there are times where it it gets frustrating. It gets, and I think that's that piece that is in direct sort of opposition to what social media is, which is this immediacy, immediate gratification. You can just scroll and scroll and scroll. Um, again, the whole casino things of like, oh, here's a notification. You know, here's a sound. Here's a little. Uh, a little flag to pop up to show you, oh, somebody has responded or commented. That's in very much in opposition to the work of building something from ground zero. And that's been, that's been a big learning experience is learning It, it is not going to be something where you can just pour a whole bunch of water on a seed and it's going to shoot all the way up to the sky instantaneously. And that's where I've really had to kind of really ground and check in with my expectations. And so when the going is slow, when the results are not happening as fast as I would like, it can be frustrating, it can be discouraging, and that's where the distractions come in of, okay, well, let me just do something else then. At least when I go on YouTube, I can find something instantaneously. Or if I go on social media, I can find something instantaneously. And like more and more I'm getting to the point where there's less, there's less buffer time between when I do distract myself and when I realize this is not what I actually want. So as that time has gotten shorter, I've been improving in my ability to refocus myself 
okay, this isn't how I actually want to be spending my time. What am I avoiding? And how do I want to, how do I want to move forward? Because I still have that choice of after the realization and the awareness, I can still choose to go on these YouTube excursions or I can kind of get back to the drawing board and just make one, one person, even if it's just 1%, 1% more progress on my actual visions and dreams just 1% because that would be 1% more than where I was even if it doesn't seem like this huge stretch and that is a lesson I would not have learned if not for I, I credit it to solitude and that being a that being the fertile ground for a lot of reflection building of reflection and self-awareness and again that that is a choice and so i think that that is big a big part of what i want to present to people in this podcast is the power and the gift of solitude lies in the conditions it offers a person and then it is up to that person then to make the choice to receive it or not and my i think my desire is that more people will begin to receive and accept the the gift of solitude and use it as a tool to really do some inner work because I think that's I think that's where most of a person's power will really come from is doing the inner work and it's it's really less about trying to add additional things to one's life be that material people etc um, you know some might be aware of this you know it's I think it's growing in popularity, uh, especially in these you know, spiritual guru things or new age movements, this law of attraction, this idea that like attracts like. And to a degree, I think it's gotten very commercialized as many things do in the West. But I think what is good about just having a basic understanding of that law is 
you you attract what you put out and what you put out is a reflection of what's inside what's internal others have put it you you attract what you are and so if you're to look at the people in your life the results in your life that is usually an accurate reflection of your internal state your internal well-being beliefs values behaviors etc and if a person does not do any inner work of understanding themselves then there's never that space to develop that awareness and to really begin to change the external because you're making the deeper change on the internal level and so as you change the internal the external world begins to reflect that back to you that is that is the opportunity within solitude personally i I believe what the West needs is is to slow down and to do a lot of internal work. Every single person. It's not something where it's like, oh, well, these people need to do internal work. I don't because I'm already, uh, yeah, I'm already in good shape. It's other people who need to do it. It's like, nope. Every single person needs to do their own internal work. And I think meditation is something that will be very powerful and is needed here in the West. You know, think about how in, I don't know where this comes from, but in like Western films, or some TV shows, perhaps books, there's often this occurrence of some person who says, oh, I'm going go to go to India to find myself. Or I'm going to go to Africa, or I'm going to go to Asia. Um, I'm going to go to China, what have you. But there's, there's at least this movement towards places in the East or places that are considered exotic or just quite different from the West and using an example of going to the East and there seems to be this draw to Asia you know so places in India or China or wherever else that are destinations I think Thailand is another one that I've heard uh, people are more drawn to these esoteric, at least to our culture, esoteric um, practices. So yoga, uh, Buddhist practices, Taoist practices. And with a lot of focus on meditation and the internal work. Um, and then people experience something profound. They're 
but it's that saying of, oh, I'm, I'm going to go here to find myself. You, you rarely hear people say that of the West. Well, I'm going to go to the West to find myself. It's usually, oh, I'm going to go to the West to seek opportunity and build something. And so I think both that that picture represents a balance of both. You know, in East, there seems to be a greater understanding of the spiritual self or the higher self. And then in the West, there's an uh, understanding and opportunity for building and creating, which is also very important. But I think in our time, more of that spiritual self and higher self understanding is needed in the West. And what people are probably seeking, but just don't really realize, is they're still kind of caught in the, we'll say, matrix of belief in materials important, money is important. Uh, this is all that life is and have known my life to be. So I'm going to stay committed to this, this standard, this image, because if that standard, that image is shattered, then I think that's usually where people come into a existential crisis, perhaps their quarter life crisis or their midlife crisis, what have you. And through all this inner work, I think the greatest joy a person can discover through the power and the gift of solitude is actually just enjoying their self. There's, there's not this need to have others validate you know, your significance. If you can do that for yourself, that's, that's a very important thing. I think so often we put so much value onto being validated by others. And there's, there's something to that. We're, we're wired for connection. But to say that You can only have peace and joy if, if others appreciate you and reflect back to you positivity. But you're not able to offer that to yourself. Um, you know, I would imagine those external things are actually more superficial. thinking about I forgot where I heard this but somebody spoke about Marilyn Monroe and how she was quoted to say that she could never really accept herself but if she could get the world to accept her then she might be able to accept herself Personally, I don't think it works that way. 
it's possible. It certainly is possible. But I'm more of the conviction that if at a base level a person cannot accept themselves, does not enjoy themselves, they can attempt to try to seek that from the entire world around them. And yet that little piece will always be gnawing at them. Because at a base level, they know they still can't enjoy themselves. They still can't accept their own self. And again, back to that law of attraction, and you attract what you are. And if you can't accept yourself, then in some way that's going to manifest in the external world. You know, perhaps people only accept a certain persona, a certain mask of who you are. But there's other aspects of you that you know you need to hide because those parts are not accepted. And I think that's where so many ac people actually feel intensely lonely. Not because that they're actually alone by themselves, but they are deeply separated from themselves in a room full of people. And some might say, it's, oh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a different person. I'm just not connected to all these other people. That's one part of it. That certainly is one part of it. But I think that intense loneliness has more to do with this dynamic of being in a room full of people and feeling disconnected from all these people because there's also a disconnect from oneself. And if a person in that scenario is actually very much connected them to themselves, can accept themselves and enjoy themselves, perhaps some of that loneliness might still be there. Especially if, you know, it's that scenario of, yeah, there's, there's just a very fundamental difference between myself and other people around me. For example, a person who is more committed to some higher pursuits, whether that's professional or spiritual, and they find themselves in a room full of people who, um, let's say, are in their eyes pursuing more shallow things of money and material only. That person can certainly feel lonely in that circumstance. But it certainly is less if they are well connected to themselves, appreciate, enjoy, and accept themselves. Because then they know really their happiness is not dependent on the people around them viewing himself or herself in a positive light. They don't need to seek that validation from others because they already have it within themselves.
and really that 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 is something I've been learning in solitude as well. That's all for tonight. I hope that for those who potentially find themselves more averse to solitude, I hope this can shift that for you, even just one degree, one degree of change, where solitude is not seen as some torturous experience, but a very rich opportunity. And with that, that will leave that is the end of this episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. Again, if you would like to learn more about the work that I do, you can visit my website at www.sacredwildman.com. And if you would like to support the work that I do, there is a link on the homepage of my website where you can donate to support me in that way, if you would like. And with that, I wish you all a great and restful Friday evening. <laughs>